if you look at all the high performing kids that come from under-resourced communities in like ninth grade, for example, there's a lot of them. But if you track them from ninth grade to 12th grade and then 12th grade to first year post-secondary, first year post-secondary to graduation, then from a graduation to a first successful job, you take 100 kids from ninth grade, that number is somewhere in between three and six kids. And so what happens there? Welcome to Buy Little. We're your hosts, Tamara and Courtney. We're on a mission to empower people like you. Like us. To create a future where everyone can thrive. Before we hear from the change agents on today's episode, we want to thank you for your willingness to take action. Confronting the dark, heartbreaking sides of reality takes courage, and we want to celebrate that. The landscape of truth is rugged, but it's the only place we'll find better. I had someone in my life, my American history teacher when I was in 11th grade. That's influential person number one. That fundamentally changed the trajectory of my life. And that's Andy Babowski. He's an educator, social mobility entrepreneur, and co-founder of EdTech company Backers, which we'll talk a little bit more about later. He devoted his career to the welfare of K-12 students, and he's worked in all kinds of positions within the education system. When I went off to college, is yes, I am going to be a high school teacher. And another very influential person in my life. Influential person, too. Asked me if I had ever heard of Teach for America. I applied. I got accepted. I ended up moving to Memphis, taught high school Spanish for a few years in a traditional public school. And then I ended up staying for 13 years. I ended up going on to found a middle school in North Memphis, an urban charter Title I school. Led that school for a number of years, had the opportunity to work with some absolutely incredible educators, getting to know amazing, fantastic, beautiful kids and families all across Memphis. I ended up looping up with my students to become their high school principal as well. So I was with the same group of, you know, 400, 500 kids for nine plus years of their educational journey. And so I just had this very interesting vantage point of knowing students and families when they were 10 years old in fifth grade, and then seeing those, that transition to high school, being with them in their transition to high school, and then seeing their transition for some of them to college, and then well after that. Like we said, the guy has experience. So we asked him what he thinks perpetuates inequity in K-12 education. The first observation is that potential is equally distributed, but opportunity is not. This place where my school was located was in a neighborhood in North Memphis called Hyde Park. It's one of the last few actual food deserts in Memphis. And it's one of the poorest zip codes and one of the poorest cities and one of the poorest states in the entire country, right? And if you drive five miles down the road, you can see it's a completely different world. But the kids that are in those buildings have just as much potential as the kids in the wealthier schools, the more affluent parts of town, right? The kids are ready. They're committed and they want, just like every kid around the country and around the world, they want to do well, they want to succeed, and they're willing to do their part to do it. The second observation I'll have is that schools are working hard to put together the pieces of the puzzle. And that puzzle is like strong GPA, 
you know, culturally responsive schools, strong test scores, making sure it's a welcoming environment. And those are all of the right things. But part of my observation is that as a society, we expect schools and individual standalone schools to be the solution. And so you take these puzzle pieces, and let's say it's a 50-piece puzzle. But when you actually step back and look at the problem, it's actually really like a 1,000-piece puzzle. And so even when schools serving kids in some of the most under-resourced communities start to figure it out and put these pieces together, and they're able to move GPAs, and they're able to move test scores, and they're able to lower retention and lower suspensions, and all of the things that we know are good for schools and communities, part of the problem is, is that they're only putting together one very small piece of the puzzle, right? Right after I graduated, I actually worked as a teacher myself. First as a substitute in schools all over Buncombe County, NC, then as a middle and high school writing, English language arts, and Latin. They still teach that? Yes. Uh, The entire first week of class was just dedicated to justifying its existence. Okay. Back to your point. I loved my students. I wanted desperately for them to succeed, whatever that meant to them. And so did all my colleagues. But it's impossible to guarantee that when you and your students are up against obstacles you don't have any control over. How state education dollars are spent or not. Whether kids have access to adequate nutrition or a safe place to sleep at night. The literal number of hours in the day. There are a number of factors that determine How does someone move from the bottom income quartile up to the top income quartile, right? This is something that researchers have been tracking for decades and decades. And the most recent research coming out of uh, Raj Shetty's research, he's a professor of economics at Harvard, ultimately comes down to four primary factors that influence social mobility. So the first is poverty. What is the percentage of income and resources in the neighborhood that you grow up in. The second is family structure. And interestingly, not necessarily just your immediate family structure, but the percentage of two-parent households in your local community. The third is high-quality schools. That matters, both K-12 as well as higher education. And the fourth is social capital. Just to define the term for a second, what we're talking about here is the value of the relationships that you have and the diversity of that network. Which do you think is the most influential? I want to say high-quality schools. My money's on neighborhood resources and income. The number one factor in determining social mobility in the United States, at least according to this massive set of research, is the number of cross-socioeconomic status relationships that you have. In other words, the number of people that you know that come from different backgrounds, different income brackets from you. Didn't see that coming. Makes sense, though. Andy himself might not have been on this path if it weren't for the two people he mentioned earlier. True. And as a former principal, that hit me squarely between the eyes. I spent years, our amazing staff spent years moving a GPA a tenth of a point, moving an SAT score one point, helping a student get from a three on an AP test to a four on an AP test. And all those things, to be clear, matter. But the reality is that as a principal, I could never actually at scale help my kids expand their social network and their social capital. Throughout school, what I needed most was support. And this support could be from somebody I would just 
connect with as a person. It could be a family member. What I needed most was support. That's Zaitia Richardson. She's a junior at MTSU who's studying nursing. She wants to be a pediatric nurse. That's awesome. And she's also one of the head RAs on campus. Zaitiera went to Andy's school, and she actually played a key role in the development of backers, which was an idea inspired in part by Andy's experiences as a principal at that same school. And so over the time, when you spend a decade just being a principal in a particular neighborhood, you get a lot of people that say, hey, I would love to help out. How can I contribute? Your kids are amazing. You're always telling these awesome stories. How can I get involved? I say, hey, we do a a reading buddy program every Wednesday with my sixth graders when I was a middle school principal. Wednesday at noon, come on in. They say, "I, I can't, I have to work. And then when I was a high school principal, I'd say, hey, come do ACT tutoring. Come do mock interviews with our seniors. It's every Monday at 4.30, come on in. And they'd say, I can't, I have to go pick up my kids or I travel a lot. And to me, there was just so much of a disconnect, right? We have kids that if they had a few more people in their corner, and at the same time, if we gave adults a way to actually connect, leverage their own skill sets and experiences to support those people, if we made it easier, then it could actually happen. So Andy and his co-founders started making it happen. They built an early version of what would later become the Backers app, a digital platform that would enable kids to connect with a global network of supporters. Then they recruited students and trusted mentors to test it. I had a lot of interactions with Principal Wabowski, and he just thought it was a great idea for me to join him. As he started this new project, he talked about it all the time in school. And he was like, would you like to get support from people all around the world? And I was like, sure, let's do it. Um, I was one of the first that he asked to be a part of Backers. And I just thought it was so cool that I was interacting with these adults, grown adults, way in their professions, professionals, advanced (laughs) in everything they do. And... After it started and I was interacting with these people, I just thought it was amazing. And I just thought it was so cool for students to get that personal, interpersonal connection with people they may never see, but have so many great advice and just investments in these students. I'm still a part of it today. Backers is a digital team-based mentoring platform that connects high-performing but under-resourced high school and college kids with a team of mentors, we call them backers, who invest in them personally, professionally, and financially. So that's like what we're doing. Bigger picture, at a missional level, what we're trying to improve is social mobility for the 5 million high-performing but under-resourced amazing kids across this country. We do that specifically by empowering them with more social capital and more financial capital all the way through the early part of their high school journey through a first successful job. At the same time, what we're also trying to do is make it easier, more rewarding, more convenient for better resourced near peers and adults to get in the game, to use their own skill sets, their own experiences, their own capital for good. So we focus on social capital because the research is clear. And we think through technology, it is one of the factors that can be relatively easier to address. And the second place that we're focusing on is the financial capital. Money matters a lot. Money matters not only for schools, but money matters for individual people. 
And one thing that many listeners probably don't know or probably don't realize is how much money it actually takes to support a young person in overcoming these big transitions in their life. 45% of Americans have zero dollars in savings. Close to 60% of Americans have less than $1,000 in savings. We know college tuition rates are going way up, more than doubled in the last 20 years, even when adjusting for inflation. College is expensive. And the way things are designed right now in the United States is that when you have a college degree, you have much more access to a lot more opportunities. Your earnings over your lifetime are significantly higher than if you don't have a college degree. And yet, I saw time after time, $100, $300, $750 being the reason why a kid could never show up on day one of college, even though they got it, even though they got the ACT score, even though they got the scholarship, even though they already started packing. A car breaks down. I don't have enough money to pay for groceries for this month because I couldn't afford a meal plan. I can't afford the $250 to pay for this book that I have to have for this class. All of those and dozens of reasons more are the reasons why amazing kids that deserve every opportunity that did all the right things, K-12, can't complete college. We believe that financial capital is another highly addressable issue. And so our model brings adults together to wrap around a young person and we bring them together through our technology. So there's no excuses if I can't show up. We're connecting and meeting people that they're at and the young people in our community we call it our Flourish Fund. They get access to a Flourish Fund. It can be up to $150 a month that they can put right towards their goals, everyday needs, and aspirations. Some kids use it for last dollar tuition. Other kids use it uh, to go out with their friends. Some kids use it for senior dues. Other kids use it to buy a new tie because they have an important interview coming up, right? And what we're finding is that matters, right? $150 isn't a month isn't necessarily life transformational, but what it's doing is it's creating financial margin for kids to give them a little bit more breathing room and allowing them to overcome at least one more obstacle to make their journey that much easier. I really started getting emotional when you were talking and I was like trying to figure out why I was about to cry. <laughs> and I realized that this is everything that you were describing is a direct description of my childhood <laughs> and like the childhood of half the kids that I went to school with. Because literally $750, $500 was the difference between being able to take the, AC, the SAT or ACT or not. or because, because half of us were just above the income level to be able to, to qualify for waivers. Or we were just above the income level to qualify for certain scholarships when we got into college. And... And there were just so many things where it was like, you are literally, you're literally on the margins. You're two steps away from your dream. And the crazy thing is you've been conditioned since you were like in second grade that you're, you can go to college. College is going to be the thing that's going to change your life because we see that your parents are, we see that your parents came in my experience or whatever. It was like, in my story, I guess, your parents came here from a different country. So they were capped at a certain level of achievement. And 
So we see you, we see that in you and we see that you can get there or whatever. But the problem is while my parents were capped at a certain level of achievement, they worked hard enough to get to that cap. And so now my income level is just above where it needs to be for me to be able to qualify for waivers and qualify for all of this assistance. And so now I'm like stuck at wherever I've gotten. And so I can, I think that's probably why I started getting really emotional because I could see exactly what you're talking about and exactly how it could, it could change things for people. Yeah, Tamara, and thank you for sharing that story. Versions of that story we hear all the time. If we put more people in kids' corners and they can have a little bit more marginal cash, of course, they still need to go to a high-quality school. They still need amazing teaching. They still need amazing college counseling and all the other things. But at least from our observations, these two really significant factors right now aren't being addressed at scale by the K-12 education system. We'll be right back. If you're ready to learn how you can help make sure all K-12 students have the opportunity to succeed, go to buylittle.substack.com and become a paid subscriber today. For $6.50 a month, you'll get all of our essays. The next one will share accessible, evidence-based steps you can take to keep students in your community from falling through the cracks. I'm getting so fired up about the concept of empowering kids with social and financial capital. But how does it work? How do kids actually use the app? How it works is you will make your profile on the app you put in like what you're interested in, what hobbies you're interested in, anything you're currently dealing with. So it could be like credit management, student loans. You just make a whole profile on the Bankers app. Then shortly after, you'll get connected with people who are experts in the things that you have like hobbies or interest in, or they'll just send you random people and you'll read through their profiles to see if they interest you. And afterwards, what you do is you can make goals on your profile, on your page. You can make entries. You can make slight comments. You can put videos, whatever the case may be. And basically the backers from the back end on the other side of the phone, if you're asking about like credit, they'll be like, hey, this is how I got my credit started. I remember one of my backers specifically, anytime I would have a question, they would send me like a video. And be like, hey, here, this is how you do it. Or this was my experience. And maybe you can use my experience and help you with yours. Can you imagine being a kid and having this team of supportive, knowledgeable adults in your pocket? Honestly, it would have been a game changer for everyone that I knew growing up. It would have been a game changer for me as a teacher, too. The work of... (laughs) Elementary, middle school, and high school teachers, it's just, it's Herculean work. And for people that have never done it, I mean, we we all need to thank it. We all need to thank a teacher and we need to go out of our way to thank teachers because it is, it is so hard and they wear so many hats and, you know, see above, we talked about how much is expected of schools and of teachers. We see ourselves as a way to support 
the great work schools are already doing. And we tell, you know, we talk with teachers and administrators all the time, look, y'all are the experts on moving the needle academically. And when we talk with um, college persistence uh, organizations or departments within networks of schools, we say like, look, you are the experts on college advising and college persistence. That's not our place. You do that way better than what we're ever going to do. What we seek to be really good at is to provide another layer of support on top of the great work that they're already doing. So I can give you a few examples that we've heard that schools and teachers and principals have told us have been incredibly useful. So we have a young lady in our community, Itziana. She is a now freshman in in college, um, but she joined us last year as a senior in high school, and she wants to be a veterinarian. Now, Itziana's class had about 100 kids, and her senior counselor, fantastic counselor, working with 100 kids. Itziana was looking for ways to be connected to a veterinarian to have the opportunity to ask them questions, to have the opportunity to shadow them. While that counselor is working incredibly hard, the idea of having them also work to connect Itziana with a veterinarian is just, it it becomes very quickly impossible to do that for all of her students. So Itziana turned to her backers, and a week and a half later, she was shadowing a veterinarian a mile or two down the street and got to spend the whole day with her. The same thing was true for Shania, who wants to be a pediatrician. We made sure that one of her backers is a pediatrician. We worked with their school for uh, Shania to go set uh, to go shadow, actually, one of her backers for the day. So she goes to the hospital, meets him there, and gets to shadow him for an entire day. Right? Those aren't things, those aren't stories that typically a school is going to be able to do for an individual student. And so that's where that's where we see our work coming in. So I have literally dozens and dozens of stories like that. And there's so many versions of what that looks like when kids are trying to set up their own budget. Who's going to help them with that? Or when kids are looking for an internship in law, who's going to help them with that, right? None of my family had went to college. So having these perspectives from people who have been through something that I'm currently going through was something that was a big help. What we're trying to do is lower barriers to entry to people backing and being backed. Part of our observation is that people that want to get in the game typically have to jump through a million hoops and like hours and hours of training. Part of our philosophy is that's actually preventing a lot of really well-resourced, really help people that could be very helpful from getting in the game. And it's preventing like people that are in professional services or doctors or lawyers or whatever that arguably have some of the largest social capital from being able to do that, right? So part of why we're uh, digital first is not only to uh, bring people together and meet them where they're at, but also make it a whole lot more convenient. So in literally just a few minutes, a backer can download the app, sign up, select their matching preferences, get matched with a young person, and then be on their team. Join a few other folks that uh, are probably some local and some around the country that are on this team. And then week to week, month to month, student is sharing updates. And every so often, they're making an ask. They want to build out a LinkedIn profile, or they would like to connect with an OBGYN, but they don't know any OBGYNs. Or they, they have $400 in their savings account, but they need help in getting that to $800 by the end of the year, right? And so different backers then can say, 
oh, I got you. I have a lot of experience with that particular thing. Let's hop on a phone call or let's hop on a let's hop on a Zoom. So the way we think about it for adults and for our students, it's about five to 10 minutes a week of a commitment and then more when needed, right? So there's a little bit of getting to know your protege or your mentee at the beginning. In the beginning, I felt like I posted too much. And I was asking them like, hey, what should I post? Or what do y'all want to hear from me? I know I just asked a lot of questions because I'm like, I don't know what they're really interested in hearing. What part of my life do they want to hear about? And things of that sort. But they just kept reassuring me. This is your show. We are just supporting your show. And afterwards, we would have a meeting greet. And I wouldn't technically meet them, but I would just get an update on their lives, how their kids doing. They will literally put their kids on the Zoom and it's so cool. I would literally just describe them as a family. Like you don't talk to family every day, but you know they're there. These are real relationships that are forming through this app. One question though, what kind of involvement do parents have? Every student's, every child's parent is their first and forever backer. And we start with that. We know that. And that is the primary reason why any student, any minor, anyone the age of, under the age of 18 is required to have a parent or guardian as one of their backers on the team. So parents now have, one, a new way to engage with their child. It's been really cool to see how some parents lean into that. And they're like sending their child little messages right in, right in the app or posting on their team page. Other parents engage less on the app because they're like, well, I see my kid, you know, however many hours a day, I'm good. Um, but it both acknowledges and centers the, the number one backing backer relationship in life. And also just very practically speaking, gives the parent access to everything that's going on with their child. For our college students, they're not required to have a parent or guardian as one of their backers on their team. Some do, um, but that's that's more on, on an individual level. We've all heard it takes a village to raise a child. But in today's world, parents who aren't geographically close to their own family members and who can't afford to hire tutors and coaches and mentors, they have to do all the work of raising their kids on their own. This is a solution, an accessible, digital way for parents to rally a modern village around their child. One of my backers also struggled in anatomy. <laughs> Getting her advice and having to repeat anatomy and coming back in like, yeah, this ain't nothing to play with. <laughs> that was really cool and interesting as well. It's so important for students to know that failure isn't final. It's a part of the process. And having an adult to reassure them of that invaluable. One thing my backers were like really proud of me on was like asking about credit. And they were like, wow, you're so young thinking about something like I hadn't thought about. So I was grown and actually needed credit at that time. And I thought that was interesting as well, because I'm just like, yeah, I'm ahead of the game. And because of you all, I am ahead of the game. My backers are so supportive. I have I really have a good team. It's always good having those people that help you solidify ideas and make sure you're confident in those ideas and constantly push you towards your goals. 
And that is what my team represents. I have not added any backers because I love my team so much. What we're trying to do is empower 5 million amazing young people and get many more million adults in the game to support them. So for a student, what we do is we partner with schools across the country. They identify the students apply. They join our community. We actually then do a series of workshops with them. So we work with students to set goals, not just academic goals, but career goals, finance goals, relationship goals, passions and interest goals, three months, six months, and 12 months out. Right? Kids have all sorts of goals. They just need help writing them down, making them succinct or smart goals, to use the terminology, and then get those down and then know how to track them. So we do that. And then we teach kids about the ins and outs of networking, what it is, why social capital matters. So then they get on the app and right in the app, they've clarified those goals. They posted their purpose video and they share just some interesting information about themselves. At the same time, a backer signs up. They can go right to the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. They create an account. They have the opportunity to fill out a profile. They can put as much or as little information as they feel comfortable Right? share a little bit more about who they are, their own experiences. And then both sides of the house here set some preferences for how they want to be backed. So for our kids, we teach them a lot about diversity of network. So if you are a 17-year-old black female 11th grader and you want to be a nurse, we are going to make sure that you have a nurse on your team. I think when I started, I had one nurse backer. So I thought that was really cool from the beginning because I'm like, she already been through anatomy. She already been through the nursing program. We're going to make sure that you have a black female on your team, but you're not going to have five black female nurses on your team, right? What we're going to do is we're going to make sure that there's a combination of people across um, various races and ethnicities, various genders, various proximity to you, and also some career backgrounds that you've heard of and others that you haven't. At the same time, our backers get to decide, are you excited to back a high school student or are you excited to back a college student or do you not care? Do you want to back someone that matches your racial or gender identity or do you not care? Do you want to back a student that is proximate to you or do you not care? And so then we're able to bring these people together. Kids always have final agency as to who's on their team. Sometimes kids exercise their right and say, I don't want this back on my team. And we love that because we exist to empower kids and we need to give them that agency right out of the gates, right? That was the whole reason why Bobowski formed the, the student input session. Putting students at the center. That's not just a slogan or a tagline for the founders or backers. It's a guiding principle. It's what they do. They had high school students, Zaitiera was one of them, involved in the app development process right from the get-go. So they'll show us the background design and how it's being made. And then they'll ask some questions like, hey, what do you think about this color? Do you think this position should be over here? So I was actually a part of that creation as well. They would just ask what student would, would like to be a part of this feedback session. And everybody will give their feedback and how it should be positioned and all of that. And then now we have this awesome app and it's so cool. When you go onto the app, you can literally see like some of the feedback that we gave them. <laughs> and that was really exciting to see to me like, oh, they actually listened or like the feedback session was actually helpful. Because like you said, we are the people that are using the app. 
the backers, some of the older backers, they use the app as well, but we were making sure that it fit the whole community. And that was what was important to us. I really want to underscore this idea that it's a two-way street and that it is as much as a backer is supporting and empowering a young person, they're also going to learn a lot. They're also going to be encouraged to think in different ways. And just what an opportunity to impact a life. And moreover, what an opportunity to impact a life of someone that you otherwise never would have met. We've said this before. The U.S. is a nation of parallel universes. So you know we're going to be excited about anything that builds bridges between folks who have different backgrounds, different beliefs, and different life experiences. We have a woman in rural Maine backing a young lady in South Memphis. We have someone outside of Pittsburgh backing a protege in Atlanta. And the list goes on. And in each of those and dozens of examples, there are these beautiful little relationships that form. And as our country, at least observationally, looks to move to opposite ends of political ideology and we're sold stories all the time that we're more divided than ever, we have a lot more in common with people than what society tells us. We have a lot more in common. And so I just want to, I want to name that for listeners that not only is it such a rich opportunity to get to learn from somebody else, but also an opportunity to get out of our bubbles a bit and get in the game, but in a way that can also be really just fun and joyful and useful. Everyone has something of value to share with a young person. Anyone can be a backer. But what makes a good backer? or mentor for that matter. I think it's really important to push someone as much as they're willing to be pushed. My backers, they've never not pushed me to my limit. Whether I was like feeling down and not wanting to be pushed anymore, it's like they see the potential in you that you may not see in yourself. And like I said, though these people are hundreds of miles away, I know if there's a push of a button, if there's a click of a post, or if there's a click of a phone call, like these people will be there to support me in every way that I can. Regardless of if it's a piece of advice to not get feel like you're beating yourself down anymore, or whether there's like financial advice, credit advice, whatever the case may be, I have no doubt this program will help students beyond measures and push them towards every goal that they want to accomplish. Kids are brilliant everywhere. Schools are working really hard. And as a society, we need to recognize that there's so much more that we can do to support schools and support people on the ground doing the hard work to empower amazing kids. Where should people go to get involved? The best place to go is to the Google Play Store, the Apple App Store, Backers, B-A-C-K-R-S. Give it a try. No obligation to stay long term, but I think you'll find that once you get to know the young person or two or three that you choose to back, you probably want to be a part of their journey. And if you want to learn more, you can go to our website, www.backers.com. Thank you for listening. 
It's an honor to be working towards better together with you.